Come on, can you greet somebody as you grab a seat today? Smile at somebody. So thankful you're here today. Thank you, worship team, so much. If you're wondering, my, uh, my costume today is middle-aged lead pastor. And I think I nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. And if, you're, and if you're trying to dress up today as the best church ever, you nailed it today. So look at you. Look at you. Uh, those are brownie points. Hopefully that helps today for the sermon. Um, I do want to give a special shout out. We love our dream team, but I want to give a special shout out to two ladies today um, that really are the reason why a lot of us sing as loud as we do. They're the reason why some of us are as smiley as we are. And they're two of our cafe team. And they're sitting right over here today. And... Uh, Carrie and Marianne, uh, they get to sit in services once in a while, but it just does my heart well to see you sitting down here today in service. And uh, all the caffeinated people said, amen. We love you so much, so much. We're in a series called of Galatians today. And um, we're in, um, I'll just say episode five. I, I was watching a lot of Netflix on the plane yesterday as I was flying. We're on episode five. We're on uh, session five, Sunday five of Galatians. And we've been going through the book of the Bible, and there's something about going through a book. And I'm a preacher, and if you've been a part of this church for a long time online or in person, I'm talking to two people of our church today. Um, this is our first time back since really um, the whole craziness of the pandemic. They've been watching online faithfully, and uh, I'm glad you're here today. And if you've heard me for any amount of time, we go through scripture and pull out things that speak to our church, our culture, our lives. But there is something powerful about going through verse by verse, book by book of a Bible. It forces you to lean in in areas maybe you're not usually leaning in on. As a preacher, it's been stretching for me, if I can be vulnerable, to go through and go, okay, um, there's not a lot of stories in there that I get excited about on that chapter, but God, what are you saying to me today? And I love that we don't pick and choose. This is not a buffet. Um, this is a diet of steadiness and health. And, and these are, that's my Bible reading plan right there. Um, and you just don't pick where you want to go. Um, God wants to speak through his whole word today. Galatians has been an interesting book of the Bible. The first two chapters, Paul is defending, in the first week one and two, he's defending his role and his authority uh, as an apostle. That's what the first two books were on. It was about, about authority in church and government, but his authority. The next two chapters, three and four, he was clarifying being right with God is by justification. It's by faith alone that you can't earn it. Uh, justification means God made you just, God made you clean, God made you acceptable. You can't earn it, you can't give enough money, you can't be good enough, you can't volunteer enough, you can't smile enough, you can't live enough according to the rules, you cannot read this book enough, you cannot do enough. It's, you're justified, you're made right by God, you're made just in front of him by faith alone. Now, as we go into the final two chapters, he's explaining, he's unpacking, what our lives should look like if we live according to that faith. The last two chapters of Galatians are my favorite books of Galatians because he paints a picture of what your life should look like. You need to know to that there is authority. You've also been justified by God, by faith alone. But when you live by faith, something starts to happen. And I believe today you're going to have a better picture, a clearer picture of what our lives should look like when we, when we give in, we give up, we trust in the goodness of God, something starts to change. And today's that day. Today, for the next few minutes, I want to talk on this title today of Galatians 5. If you're taking notes, I know there's note takers in this place and online. This title, Bigger Than Bumper Stickers. Bigger than, that's a great title, isn't it? Bigger Than Bumper Stickers. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. 
We pray it does not return empty, void, or powerless. We're thankful that your word changes lives. And today we recognize our need for change and our need for you. Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you just breathe life today over these pages and over these words? Help me not say anything that's not in line with you. Father, help us change today to be more like you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Um, Galatians 5, I'm going to start reading in verse 16. I'm going to read from the New King James. It's a little different version than we usually read here. We usually read the New Living Translation, the NLT. But I'm going to read the New King James Version today. You can read whatever Bible you have. If you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles out at the big yellow guest central wall. We'd love for you to take one. We paid for those with your money, so just take it and go. Um, and if you don't have one, go to a hotel and steal one from there. Um, um, feel free to take it and steal it. Uh, take it. We'd love for you to have that. Galatians chapter 5. Let me start reading in verse 16. It says this. says, uh, my, my, my Bible is highlighted. It says living in the Spirit's power. Maybe in the New King James you have walking in the Spirit. So walking in the Spirit is the headline or living by the Spirit's power. That's how the authors um, titled this. Verse 16, if you're there, say hey. If you're stalling, say hey, hey. Okay, all right. I say then, this is Paul writing again, he says, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh works our own energy, our own power, our own willpower, just relying on ourselves. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19. Now the works, or another word I have in there is the results, the results of living by the flesh, are evident, which are. Now I'm about to read a list of some really bad things. And we put them on different levels. We put them, like, we're like, well, you know, like murder, pretty bad, you know. Uh, and then we go down the list and we... we but these list, list here, and I thought about this list in book to read, which are works or evident or results of living on your own strength. See, when I think about living on my own strength, I think, well, I just won't be, um, I, I just won't be good enough at prayer. Maybe I won't be friendly enough. But the actual, the, the Bible says that the, the, the wages of sin or the paycheck or the results of sin is death. And what, you're, what I'm about to read, works of the flesh, are actually things that bring death to our world. I can say this, this is a bold statement I'm going to say. The list I'm about to read, works of the flesh, are the base of every problem in our culture. You think. Think of the big ones. Think of the small ones. Everything that is a problem that makes the news, that influences nations, that causes pain and trauma is in this list. Here we go. Works of the flesh. Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lewdness. Idolatry. Sorcery. Hatred. Contentions. Jealousies. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, or another version says division, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who, pra those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those that practice, going, I'm going to get good at this. It's going to be part of my lifestyle. I'm going to make this a habit of my life. They will not inherit the kingdom of God of God. But, I like that. I love how it just goes, it changes over. But, we're going to switch to some good news. Now we're going to switch. Let's, let's be helpful. You know what doesn't help is focusing on what you shouldn't do. You notice that? It doesn't help at all. You never walk into a meeting or even raising kids. You never tell them what they're not supposed to be. Vision changes everything. 
the Bible says that a vision actually restrains, it constrains, it changes, it aims. That where there is no vision, people perish. And I was always told we don't have a, a sin problem, we have a vision problem. If you get the right vision in your head, the right vision for your life, it will control you. One of the best hockey players of the world, Sidney Crosby, who grew up in, in, in Dartmouth, he was told at a young age by his coaches, you could be one of the greatest of all time. And because of that, he got up early, he ate right, he practiced. You know what he wasn't told? He wasn't say, hey, you're never going to amount to anything. You should go practice. You should, um, you know, make sure you focus on getting to the rink. You should be working with your stick handling. Now, someone gave him a vision of who he could be, and it forced his behavior to change. I love here how it just doesn't say, hey, don't do all these things. Now Paul switches and gives us a vision of what life should look like when you're justified by God and living by faith. Here we go. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, what a list this list is. This list is everything that's good in the world and every change that we need to see is going to go through this list. The, lo- the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say love. Oh, it doesn't even sound good, doesn't it? In other languages, it even sounds better. Amore. Is that, what is that? Is that Italian? I don't even know. I'm looking at Brittany like she knows. You're bilingual. I don't even know. What's French? Amour. Thank you very much. All right. Love. Joy. Joy. We need some joy. Peace. People are dying for peace. Peace. Not just in borders and nations, though we need it, but peace in here. You can live in a peaceful country, but be in turmoil in here. Peace. Long-suffering. Kindness. Kindness is not out of fashion. Kindness is not old school. Kindness is not out of date. Can someone say amen? Talking to you online, church, Facebook, and YouTube. Be kind today. Kindness. Goodness. Oh, we need some more goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against which there is no law. Bigger than bumper stickers. For years, in my late teens and early 20s, I worked um, in a produce market. And I joke, but I'm not really joking. I learned more about the kingdom of God and ministry in, in retail and grocery stores than I did in Bible college. I learned how to deal with people. Listen, if you can deal with people in warehouses, you can deal with anybody. Some of the roughest characters I know and most genuine people I know drove a forklift, and I'm telling you, you just need to know. Some church people are way too churchified. You don't know how to deal with and, and help and reach and talk to people, and it taught me a lot. And I worked in this produce store. I know way too much about fennel. I know way too much about yucca root. I know every type of grape and green zucchini. I know how butternut squash, I know how to cook it all. I don't do any of the cooking, but I know, I know more than any man should know because of nine years of working in the produce industry. It's interesting, every Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday, my family, my extended family, my siblings, our friends, we go to the valley and we pick apples every Thanksgiving Monday. It's one of my favorite days. It is my favorite day of the year. And it was probably about 15, 17 years ago, we were in the valley, and we went to this orchard, and we're looking at apples to pick, and they're like, you can pick in any of these five rows, and, but don't eat of the tree of good and evil, but you can just <laughs> eat from these. And so we're looking around, and we're going to fill these bags full of apples. And my brother-in-law, Gary, uh, who's a part of this church, he called me over. He says, Mike, look at these apples. He's like, what kind of apples are these? He's like, you know what you're talking about. Like, these look fantastic. Are these good apples? Like, I want a good apple. I want something that's, like, you know, soft, but I want something a little tangy, but lots of juice. I'm like, well, these are Macintosh apples. He said, well, how would you know that? Is it the color of the apples? Like, how did you know that? Or is it the tree? How do you tell after all this time? Is it the tree? Is it the apple? Is it the color of the fruit? How do you know? I'm like, well, it's that sign right at the base of the tree that says <laughs> Macintosh. I'm like, I don't know. It looks like a royal gala. It could be a Fiji app. I don't even know. The sign at the bottom of the tree is how I knew. He's looked at me and rolled his eyes. And You know, so many people are, are seen as Christians 
because of a verse in their Instagram. Philippians, all things. Jeremiah 12, God's got a plan, good plan. Everybody's got those verses. Some of you are like, I'm changing my verse when I go home right now. Some of you right now are like, oh gosh, right? Judging you quietly, right? They're seen as a Christian because of a verse in their Instagram bio or a cross tattoo that they have or a chain around their neck or a fish or a Nova bumper sticker on their car. Not by evaluating the fruit growing in their lives. We are actually called Christians. I don't know if you know why we're called Christians. And I'm not going to read the verse, though you'll see it on the screen behind me. In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, the first time the word Christian was ever used in Scripture. In the city of Antioch, which was, which was abusive and hostile to Christians, this, this angry city that was upset by these men and women that were turning the world upside down, who believed in Jesus, they called, it's the first time we ever see them called Christians. It's the first time they were, we were ever called Christians. What's amazing about that is the church didn't come up with this term. It was put on them by an angry city, and they meant it as an insult. They meant it as a derogatory term. It was slang. It was, it was bullying. It was hatred. They're like, you, you, that, that man, Jesus, that we killed on a cross just over a year ago, that man that we took and butchered, you remind us so much like him by what you value, what you say, how you act. You don't care about property. You care about people. You're, you're obsessed with God the Father and the kingdom. You're so much like that man we murdered. You're like little Little, little Christs, you're Christians. It was an insult. It means, literally means little Christs. And what was created as an insult has actually become a rallying cry. What was started to insult us and put us down has been the banner we walk under going, you thought it was an insult calling us a little Jesus, calling us little Christ. But we say that actually funds, that's our mission plan, that's our mission statement, that's our vision that is everything we want to be if we want to be just like Jesus. We're Christians. But being a Christian is bigger than your Instagram bio. It's bigger than a sign on the front lawn of a building of a church. And it is bigger than a bumper sticker. All that people would see our lives and see what grows in our life and our habits and our actions. And then would have to comment, you've got to be like that man, Jesus. Remarkable, I love that word. That word remarkable means people need to stop and actually remark and make a comment. That we would be so remarkable, it's not, well, I saw their bumper sticker, I saw their bio, I saw their cross on around their neck. It's no, 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 no. It is evident, evident that what's growing in your life, you have to be a Christian. It's not, I knew there was something different about you. Was that oceans I heard in the car when you pulled up? <laughs> Was that, like, come on, like, like, that sounded a lot like a Joel Olstein quote. You phrased it different, but you just smile. I mean, are those skinny jeans like Pastor Mike? There's something different. No, 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 no. That our life would be so overwhelmed with the fruit in our life that people would say, you have to be Christians. That's what Galatians is saying here in 5. It's saying, listen, it's not about titles, it's not about, it's not about uh, positions, it's not about who you associate with. It's that your life, what is growing out of it, is so evident that people know that you've been with the Holy Spirit. So the question is, it's the question you have to ask yourself every morning, is how is it with you and the Holy Spirit? One way to evaluate how you're doing, because how do you know? How do you know if you're doing well at this faith journey? How do you know? If you're not careful, it'd be, well, I make it to church three or every four Sundays. Or like, I'm, I'm the only one that comments on our YouTube page. Or 
I serve four out of every four Sundays. Or I sit in the front half and I move to the front and I scooch in, which you're my favorite, but doesn't make you any more God's favorite. If we're not careful, you'll evaluate it by the wrong means. It's like, well, you know, I, I gave this much money to the church, I cleaned up my language, and I'm home for supper. If you're not careful, you'll find different ways to evaluate. How do you evaluate if you're doing what? Well, I've been in church for 20 years, haven't missed. Been in church for six months, have not missed a Sunday. Good. But how do you evaluate? Because I know people that have been in church for 30 years, and they're far from God. I know people that have been here for two weeks, and, in, and God's moving in their life for two weeks, and they're close to God. How do you evaluate if you're doing well? Well, I think the one way to evaluate, according to Paul, is you evaluate and inspect the fruit that's growing in your life. Here's what's interesting. Paul could have said works of the flesh and works of the spirit. He could have said these are the works of the flesh and works of the spirit. He didn't say that. He could have said this is the, the, the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. I think it's interesting that when he's comparing the list that causes all the pain, that's everything that we would go, we don't want to be in that list. The anger, the murder, the, the fornication, the, 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 the envy. We, we don't want to be on that list. He calls works. And everything on this side that we'd go, I, I, I could use some peace. I wish my spouse had a little bit more love and patience. I wish that my boss was a little more self-control. Everything that we wish was on the good list, he calls fruit. Isn't that interesting? One is works and one is fruit. It's also interesting to me, as I read this passage, is that works is plural, but fruit is singular. Now, if you read on in Scripture, he calls it the gifts of the Spirit, because we don't have all of them, and they're available. But he doesn't say it's the fruits of the Spirit. He says it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the works of the flesh. There's many, but there's only a fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because we are, don't get to pick and choose which ones. It's not walking through a grocery store going, I like some Concord grapes. Uh, I, you know what? I like, I'm going to have some lemons with my water. I'm going to go over here and get some quince and some loquats. And I really like some of this organic produce. I'm, I'm just throwing out some knowledge right now, just so you know. I'm going to come out here and get some eggplant and, and some coriander or, you know, I'm going to get, it's not, no, it's not like, it's not with a basket going, I need some love. You know, I'm not really working on joy. I, I find that's a little tough in this season. I'm just going to have peace. I just want some more peace. It's not, you know what, I'm not really loving my neighbor, but I'm just going to believe that as I deal with that, I'm just going to have some long suffering so I can, for a long time, be faithful and not loving them. It's, we don't get to pick what we want. And here's how I know this. It's fruit, which means it's all for one. When you have the Spirit of God in your life, it's all these things are growing. It's one thing in your life. That means it's not, well, I'm growing in love, but I don't have any peace. It's not, hey, I got kindness, but I got no self-control. Listen, it's a whole package deal. You know what? God wants, I don't know all of you in this room, but I can tell you exactly what God wants to do in your life. You're like, are you a prophet? Sometimes. I usually run a nonprofit ministry. Ooh, thank you. But I know exactly what God wants to do in your life today. It's the same thing he wants to do in my life today. He wants to grow fruit. To be like Jesus. That's the goal. That's the vision. That's the plan. God, what's your plan for my life? That you would look like Jesus. God, I need you to do something in my life. God, I just need a word from you. I need a change. Father, would you just come? How do I know, God, what your plan is? It's really simple. He wants to grow fruit in your life. The list we just read. It's one fruit. To be like Jesus Christ. Here's some things I, I know about fruit. And I'm going to pray today from Galatians 5. It doesn't come from working. It comes from connection. You can't make an apple. You can't 3D print an apple. 
You can't make an apple. It's impossible. Listen, scientists and all this, you can't, it still has to be based on its connection. You can order it on Amazon, but you can't make it on Amazon. Elon Musk, as brilliant as he is, cannot make an apple. It's not based on works. It's based on connection. And in this case of apples, it's connection to apple trees. Oranges, it's connecting to orange trees. Pumpkins, it's the vine of a pumpkin vine. It's all about connection. So my question today, if God's plan for your life is to grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? It's a list, but really it's to be a little Christian, a little Christ, to be like Jesus. If that's the goal, it's not how hard you work, it's what you're connected to. So how do you know if you're connected? Because you grow fruit. Because whatever you're connected to, you become like. You reproduce what you are. If you're a parent, you understand that so much. Your kids walk like you, talk like you. Someone the other day, they meant it really innocent, but there was a baby and their parents were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much he looks like you guys. I'm like, you know that's the way it works, right? Like, it's kind of the way it works. Whatever you're connected to, you actually become like. You can't work and make fruit happen. It has to be all about connection. So a couple of things I know about fruit, and I think it applies to what's growing in our lives today. And encourage you today as a church, we're growing in the fruit of the Spirit. We're growing to be more like Jesus, amen? Not just in this room, but in your boardroom at work, in the, in the lobby, in your classroom, all over the city. We're growing in the fruit of the Spirit. One thing I know about fruit is fruit is fragile. Really fragile. When I worked in the produce industry, when a truck would back up with a pallet full of bananas, my job was to crawl over the pallets to the middle of the truck, halfway down, pull all these boxes out, which are really difficult, get down the middle and put a thermometer in the middle of the middle pallet. Why? Because if it goes below a certain temperature, they get cold damage. And if a banana, you ever get a banana home, this is going to be a great education. You ever get a banana home from the grocery store and it looks, you know, it's a little green, but they're all green. But then after a week, it's still green. It never ripens up. What happened there? It got cold damage. That's why we would reject an order if it wasn't the right temperature, saying, hey, it looks fine, the boxes look good, everything looks perfect, but we know that will never ripen because it was below the right temperature. Why? Because produce is very fragile. A produce store and an auto parts store are very different. The second you pick a produce, it's dying. It's in Costa Rica or if it's in the valley, the second it removes from its source, it's dying. You have a short shelf life to move that product. Brakes on a car can sit there for years. Here's what I've learned is that produce, is fruit, is very fragile, has a short shelf life. Here's the truth today. You can't live on last year's harvest of fruit, uh, harvest of fruit in your life. Yeah, in the, in the 90s, I had so much joy. I really felt God's presence, and I leaned into God's presence. I had this joy in my life in the 90s. Man, I was, you were so joyful. I was so joyful back then. Yeah, I was. You know, like five years ago, I had this generosity on my life. Like, I was just blessing people. I was blessing churches and single parents and teenagers. And I was just a generous one. Like, yeah, yeah, not so much now. But then, I was so generous. You seem really frustrated. I used to be really patient. And then, and, and then I got grandkids, you know, and, and they get dumped at my house for eight hours a day. And I don't know what happened. I just lost my patience. And, you know, I realized you can't live off what was growing in your life last year. It's impossible. That's why I learned about fruit is that it's very fragile. The question is, what's growing today? That's why even the Old Testament, I won't get into it, but when God provided, it was something that expired after a day, this manna. Because why? Because they tried to store it. I'm going to live off this for weeks and months. And God goes, no, no, I'm doing something new today. And in your life, you need to know today. God wants to do something new in your life. What's growing today? Yeah, I got a history of legacy. My parents, my grandparents, me, we grew up in the church. Okay, that's, I love their legacy. Legacy is in your lifeline, not your lifetime. And I love that, but what's growing in your life today? 
Five years as a church is not how we started. It's what God's doing right now in my life, in your life. Fruit is fragile. Second thing I know about fruit is fruit reproduces itself. Seeds inside every fruit is the potential for a future harvest. Fruit may have an expiry date, but it also has unlimited potential. See, anybody can count the seeds inside an apple, but no one can count how many apples are inside a seed. Right? You have an apple with 20 seeds. Anybody can count the seeds, but no one can count how many trees come out of one seed, and one tree has 100 apples. Each of those apples has 20 seeds. Each of those seeds has a tree, and it just keeps going. And no one, why? Because inside every bit of fruit, there is potential to reproduce. You need to know today that what's growing in your life will reproduce, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit reproduces. And when you encounter the joy in my life, it'll grow in your life. Something happens. It's like, wait a minute, there's something happening here. When you grow uh, patience in your life and you have a marriage that has patience and long-suffering and kindness, it's amazing how well it may have grown in your life, but it will not stay in your life. It'll grow in your kid's life. Our kids are faithful and hardworking and long-suffering and strong because, largely, because of the woman I married. And the fruit of her life has brought a consistency that's growing, a desire for God in their life. And what they've seen is reproducing. Fruit reproduces. What's growing in our lives matters. That our city will go, hey, you are just like Jesus. We can't help but what what started in your life, maybe in a prayer time or in private decisions, is now reproducing in neighborhoods. Fruit reproduces. And same with spiritual fruit. Last thing I know about fruit is fruit nourishes. I was just away speaking at a conference uh, yesterday, and they want to go up for steak. And at these conferences, it seems like there's budget. Everybody goes for steak. And I had, I had a salad with mandarin oranges on top. And they looked at me kind of crazy. Like, dude, get the steak. We're all getting steak. I'm like, no, I'm just, you ever get, have, maybe you're not there yet. You ever just crave a salad? Am I the only one? All the vegans are like, yes. You know, like, I just, I, why? Because I just, I just know there's a health, there's a nourishment that comes from getting back to the basics. You know that saying we grew up with, an apple a day keeps the, you, you had the same parents. You watched the same after school specials I did. You watched Reading Rainbow and you, you did all those too. You know, there's, it's interesting. The food guide changes over my lifetime. At some point, eggs were good, then they were bad. Milk was good, milk's bad, now it's good again. And then there's almond milk and there's, you know what's never changed? Fruits never become unhealthy. In all my life, it's always like, you know, it's not going to hurt you to have an apple. It's nourishing. It's the same thing spiritually. The fruit of the Spirit that is connected to God, it heals. It helps. You want to be helpful? Talking to myself, be kind. But you can't be kind. I have to be kind. You can't make, I'm just going to be kind today. The harder I try, the more frustrated I get. You ever try to work on patience? I know. I don't have the patience for it. You know? It's like I just... I'll, I'll be patient tomorrow, right? You know, long-suffering. I gave up on that, you know? You know, just one of those things. Generous, I'm too selfish to think about someone else. But one thing about the fruit of the Spirit is it actually heals people. It helps people. It strengthens me. I like not feeling anxious. I feel more capable when I have patience to deal with a person I disagree with. It's so much easier being around someone that you know they disagree with you, but they have a love for you and a grace for you. It's like, oh gosh, I, this is so generous right now. When you feel the generosity of people, not just in finances and an offering, but in attitude and in love, it's, it's, it, what does it do? It strengthens you. You're thinking, I can do this. I can look at myself and change. I can be a part of this. 
It strengthens you. It helps others. It changes cities. How we change cities, not with bumper stickers, not with merch, not with flags, not with services. How we change families, lives, neighborhoods, schools, and cities is being connected to God and the Holy Spirit. And what grows our life is fruit. And everything in that list that I just read is what changes cities. What changes cities? Love. Our city needs love. Joy. When was the last time you had joy beyond your circumstance? When was the last time you laughed, your belly hurt? But when the laughter left, you still had a joy inside you, even going through a diagnosis or a, a, a relational situation going, I just have this joy inside me. What about peace? Long-suffering, able to go the long distance and the long haul. We have everybody quitting everything, quitting jobs, quitting relationships, quitting church, quitting faith, quitting on themselves. What about kindness? Just kindness after you. After you. Let me get that door for you. Yeah, let, no, you were a little late. I, that's fine. I get it. There's construction everywhere in Bedford these days. I get it. What about self-control? Not giving in to urges and temptations and frustrations and anger. It feeds others. So the question today is, has the fruit in your life? That's the question. Has the fruit in your life? And no one can judge that except maybe your spouse, but you. So here's what I want to do today. We're going to close. We have a few minutes left. We're going to worship, and Alex, you're going to lead us in a song. We're going to simply say, would you welcome Holy Spirit? Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit did not come to make us weird in church. We're not a weird church. We're a little bit weird, but I think it's an appropriate level of weird. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to make us weird in church. He came to grow fruit in our life so we can change everyone we walk into for the better. They go, wait a minute, there's something different about you. Man, you're like, you're way too kind. This is more than just, you listen to a really good podcast on self-control. This is bigger than that. There's something different here. You know, I hear stories about this man that would heal people and forgive people, and he actually sacrificed his life with a crown of thorns, and he got butchered. That's the closest thing I can think of when I think about you. You just seem to be selfless. You seem to be generous. You seem to be loving. You seem to be in it for the long haul. Little Christ, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So the question is, how's your connection today? I don't know. I know how mine is, and I know, I know this. I need more connection of the Holy Spirit. All over this place, can we just stand to our feet? We're going to worship for a few minutes. And here's the, here's the question. It's a prayer, but I want you to ask it as a question. Jesus, Holy Spirit, how's my connection today? And then simply say, Holy Spirit, would you come and strengthen that connection? If you grew up in a church similar to this, your mind just goes into a certain... If you didn't grow up in church, maybe you're like, this is... I don't understand what I'm saying. All we're saying is, God, I need to be more connected to you and only you can grow the things in my life. How do you know you need that prayer today? If you need more love, more peace, you need more joy, my hand's up for every one of these. Anybody else's hand up for some of these? I need some more self-control. I could use some more peace. I Now I'm getting my feet in the air now. I need some more long-suffering. I need some kindness. Come on, somebody. I'm like, God, you know what? I can't earn it. I can't make it happen. I can't read enough. I can't podcast enough. I can't go to the gym enough. I just need to say, come Holy Spirit. Amen? All over this place, just for a few minutes, would you lead us in this prayer of welcoming His Holy Spirit? Flood this place in fear.
you feel his goodness immediately. And he leads you into your future tomorrow, both in eternity that you're good, you're with God, but also in your purpose and your life. If you say, Mike, I want to know Jesus with every head bowed just for a second. I want to pray for you right where you are. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down. That's it. And I'm just going to pray from here. If you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me today. I want to be connected to Jesus so I can have this fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. On the count of three, with every head bowed, one, two, three. If that's you, can you just raise your hand all over this place? Thank you. Put it right back down. Put it right back down. Put it right back down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let's pray. God, I thank you for those that raised their hands online and in person. I thank you for the, for the many, many, many hands. God, I'm asking today that you would make yourself real. Jesus, would you make yourself real? We believe that you're good, and we believe that you're Lord, which means you want to lead us, forgive us, and help us. So we say, Jesus, come into our life. We give you our past, we give you today, and we give you our tomorrows. Would you lead us? Would you help us the way we think, we act, our direction, our decisions? Father, God, we thank you for who Jesus is. And today we say we follow Jesus with our lives. And we ask for a miracle to take place. And everybody said, come on, can we celebrate the many that put their hands up today? Church, it's bigger than a bumper sticker. It's bigger than a bumper sticker. It's with the fruit growing in our life. God has a plan. Amen. God bless you. We love you. See you next week. We have guest speakers next week from Australia who live in Vancouver. It's going to be a brilliant Sunday next Sunday. We can't wait to see you. We'll see you online and in person. God bless you. Have an amazing week.